Welcome to Legal News and Review, recipient of the Florida Bar Award of Excellence. Legal News and Review, the only real problem solver radio program using the law. With your moderator, Philip Bell, and hosts and legal panel attorney, Gary Singer, chair of the Broward County Bar Association's Real Property Section. Gary Singer is board certified in real estate law and a syndicated columnist from the Sun Sentinel. He is an expert in his field of practice. Now, here's your moderator, Philip Bell. On the docket for today's broadcast, 30 million people are not withholding enough taxes because earlier this year, the IRS and Treasury changed the withholding tables to reflect the new tax law. But how do you know if they're withholding enough from your paycheck? Today, we have from the law firm of Rarick and Beskin, Jay Beskin, who also will be giving us the 411 on international tax law. It's interesting. There are still treaties. And um, whether you have a dual national citizenship uh, or an expatriate, if you will, um, I'd like to also welcome our legal panel host for today, Gary Singer. Hey, how you doing, Phil? You know, Phil, is 411 still a thing? You got me thinking that, but can you even dial 411 anymore? Absolutely. I don't know if you know something? I haven't since I, since I discovered Google. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know if it even exists. What do you, do you know? But people know what 411 means. The producer's looking at me like I'm yep. crazy. Anyway, hi. Hello, and also <laughs> in welcoming our, our listeners on 96.9 FM, 103.9 FM, and 740 AM, along with iHeart, TuneIn, and iRadio Now national listeners. It wouldn't be a show... Uh, without saying hello to our Facebook Live friends and watchers. Hello. And once you're on Facebook, it's simple. Just Google Facebook Legal News and Review. We come right up, and you'll see we're recording live at Kelly Ustall Building in their mock courtroom. You know, Kelly Ustall has attorneys referring them cases from all around the country. And it's not just because of their resources, like the mock courtroom, but it's because of their successes. If you've been severely injured by someone else's negligence, go to justiceforall.com. That's justiceforall.com. Also, a special congratulation to Robert Kelly, named Best Lawyer as 2019 Lawyer of the Year. It's amazing. Especially because it didn't even happen yet. Right, I, I know, but they're, they're preparing for it. That's fantastic but and well-deserved. It, it's voted by attorneys. Yeah, of course. No, it's, it's well-deserved. And there's over 100,000 attorneys in, in the state of Florida. Yeah, about 110, I think, now. 110? Yeah. Wow. Phil, real quick, I'm so sorry. I know sure. our listeners know we're live to tape, but uh, it's, I, I wouldn't feel right if I didn't mention we lost one of uh, uh, the great Broward attorneys uh, recently, Skip Campbell, who's also mayor of Coral Springs. Oh, you're kidding. Uh, someone I knew personally, yeah. uh, actually my next-door neighbor in my building, his law firm, really great guy. It's scary to think about, you know, you see someone on a Friday and they're gone by the early the next week. Wow, Skip was and actually just, on our show yeah, a couple years just, ago. He was, wow. you're right. And Great he's a guy. fantastic guy and he will be missed. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's very uh, acclaimed and well-known in Broward County, a gentleman, and he definitely deserved that reputation. So uh, yeah. a big loss for our community. Certainly be um, missed. Yeah. But on a happier note, Jay Beskin, welcome to Legal News and Review. Thank you. You know, Jay, it seems like the IRS gives with one hand and takes back on the other hand. How can you tell if I'm one of the uh, 30 million people uh, in my paycheck that they're not withholding enough? Well, the IRS publishes tables. Uh, They're available at its website, irs.gov, which will essentially give somebody a guide based on their 
uh, income as to the amounts that they should withhold. So it's pretty easy to tell uh, the amounts that should be withheld. And if somebody, if their employer is currently withholding more or less right. than would be indicated by the table, they can file a new W-4 with their employer so that the uh, withholding can be adjusted appropriately. Well, I sure would hate to have a surprise. It will be a problem because if somebody is under withholding, the IRS has mechanisms. Right. They're computerized. They know right away. They can match up the income shown on somebody's uh, tax return with the uh, W-2s and 1099s that have been filed with the IRS. Somebody's been under withholding. Uh, Fairly shortly after right. somebody files their tax return, they're going to get a notice from the IRS. Yeah, they never tell you when you're overwithholding, do no, they? No, they don't tell you when you're overwithholding. <laughs> but yeah, they'll get the a notice loan. that a certain amount is due, that this amount has to be paid. And by the way, there are penalties and interest due as well. Penalties could be up to 5%. For underwithholding? Per month. Up really? to 25% so plus interest. Them, so you're giving interest. them your money in advance of you owing it, but if you don't make enough of a deposit, they penalize you? They penalize you, yes. Yeah, that's, see, that's, uh, that's how, how good it is to be a collection agent with a gun. And that's, <laughs> that's also true of, of uh, many professionals and others who uh, may be self-employed or um, you know, are independent contractors who have to file estimated taxes. Right. And if their estimates are less than what is indicated on their tax return, again, they will get a notice and uh, yeah, for the underpayment with interest and penalties. How do they justify that? It's withholding. It's not payment of taxes. It's prepayment of taxes. Because the tax needs to be paid at the due date of the tax return, the full amount of Correct. the tax that's otherwise indicated on the so tax you, return. So let's say you withhold nothing and then you pay it in full properly on the full day. Like, why would you be penalized? It makes no sense. I oh, mean, no. I agree that you are, but... Oh, no, you won't be penalized then. Okay. If you're an employee, you may be penalized if you should have been making estimated payments oh, okay. throughout the year. So there's no penalty for underwithholding. There's there there's no penalty for underwithholding so long as you pay the tax gotcha, gotcha, at gotcha. the t date that you that Which the could return be hard is filed. To do. That right, makes sense. exactly. Okay. Let me ask you an important question before I forget. Now I noticed on your very impressive resume that yeah. you're both a CPA and a lawyer. Yeah. I've always heard that the CPA test is tougher. You've taken both. Which one? I've taken three bar. Oh, now you're just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken three state bars, and I always passed on the first time. Okay. I took the uh, <laughs> CPA for the state of Illinois. It took me three times to pass oh, okay. it. So. <laughs> Can't you uh, ask for an extension? Does IRS allow that in this situation? Yes, the IRS allows an extension, but the full amount of the tax must be paid by the original due date of the return. So if you do ask for an extension and you pay late, you won't be liable for late payment penalties, but you still may be liable for interest for, by, by virtue of the late payment. Gotcha. You've seen all the changes over the years. A lot. Know? And <laughs> what, what gets me is once you learn the game, you set up the rules, they change everything on you. All of a sudden, what was is no longer there. I have friends that uh, uh, are divorced and they pay alimony. No longer tax deductible. Yeah, as so of next year. As of next year, it's not. That's yeah. Correct. yeah. Let me ask you this question. So was this most recent round of changes actually a simplification or just a change? It was a 
change, I think. Okay. It was billed somewhat as a simplification mm -hmm. because now taxpayers aren't permitted to deduct many of the expenses that they previously were able to deduct, such as club memberships, entertainment expenses, that sort of thing. Um, so it was billed as a simplification, but it was really a rearrangement <laughs> of of the monies, essentially. Gotcha. And is it my, my tax shaman told me that I will end up magically paying less taxes after he does his little voodoo. <laughs> You'll end up paying less taxes because the uh, new tax act gave a break to uh, professionals. Okay. Um, I like and it. those who have pass-through entities, whereby we are permitted to essentially deduct 20% um, of our taxable income, of, of, excuse me, of our gross right. income, so uh -huh. that only 80% of that gross income falls to our bottom line, so we get a break of 20%. So there will be some benefit to those of us who practice in or or have businesses that are subchapter S corporations, limited liability companies, or partnerships. No, that's great. Um, what about, uh, did this hit anybody worse? Like, does this hurt anybody? Any class of people, I guess? Um, I don't know that it hurt anybody particularly. Um, I think it, it, well, let me back up for a second, because before we went on air, we right. talked about the loss of certain deductions. Mm -hmm. So, for example, those who have big property tax bills, those who have big state income tax bills, those used to be deductible in full. Now they are no longer deductible in full. One can only deduct up to $10,000 of See, those expenses. See, I think expenses. that's fair, the second part of it. Like, why should income, state income tax be deductible? Why should... Well, I'm not going to argue the well, policy, but those, for example, I mean, in New York or California or Yeah, Illinois, so because you, you know, <laughs> chose to live somewhere crappy, you know, you should pay less federal tax. Hey, Boca's not that bad. Boca, you don't pay state income tax. Boca North, you do. I mean, you know, New York. You know, you do. I mean, that seems very unfair. You know, like some of the property taxes stuff, you know, landlords and tenants both pay that in one form or another. So that's, you know, it's going to make rents but go it up certainly, a little bit. But it certainly puts those residents of high-tax states at a disadvantage to those who live in low-tax or no-tax states, you know, such, as, such as Florida. Them. I shouldn't have to subsidize people in New York because they're getting a deduction for their state taxes. Uh, you know, I'm federally subsidizing them because they're paying less of their income to federal because they're paying state. So, in effect, I then am paying a tax to New York from Florida. It just seems very unfair. Logically speaking. Point, point well made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, but, but, to, <laughs> but to go further, those who have large homes right. yeah. can only deduct a certain portion of their mortgage now. Uh, they can't deduct mortgage expenses in excess of a mortgage. I think it's $750,000. Really? So uh, that, in fact, impacts those who, uh, you know, have a have a fairly significant home. Those who belong to clubs, I just mentioned, those, those fees are no longer deductible for business What, like my purposes. tower club bill is no longer deductible? No. Well, that sucks. Yes, it is. So you won't take me out to lunch? No. So maybe, I want to take you out to lunch before. <laughs> so now maybe you're against the bill. No, no. You know, what, you know what? Here's here's the important thing for taxes, and then I'll get on to a real question. To me, I don't care what line it goes on. I just care how much it costs. Right. I'll pay for a you know $50,000 steering wheel and a $10 car or a $50,000 
$50,000 car and a $10 steering wheel. It's the same thing, you know, at, at that day. So here's a confusion I know that, that actual people have. What's the difference in role and function between a tax lawyer and an accountant, you know, a CPA? Like, what, what's the difference in your job as a tax lawyer than someone might go to a CPA well, Tax for? controversies come to mind. Well, I, accountants can also represent clients in tax controversies. See? Ah. I think there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of overlap, and, and what's interesting is that frequently business people tend to go to their CPAs because they deal with their CPAs on an ongoing basis. The CPAs are there doing the books. The CPAs mm -hmm. are there annually doing the tax returns. The lawyer is the scary person. You only go to a lawyer... If you have a problem, right, like jail time, <laughs> like jail time, essentially. But uh, you know, I view my role as is more of a uh, a planning role. Um, okay. How to set up certain transactions uh, to minimize taxes, the tax liability. How to deal with intrafamily transfers and, oh, okay. well, and set up enough. assets among family members. Yeah, Q-tips and, and all that fun stuff. Q-tips in order to minimize potential gift and estate taxes. Uh, that's what I do. I don't necessarily involve myself in, in the day-to-day you know, tax compliance. Well, on that note, we gotcha. talked about uh, foreigners and yes. their estate liabilities here. It's tremendous. Yeah. Will you explain to our audience actually what are the liabilities and the tax rate? Because um, I thought we had no inheritance tax in, in the United States. Well, five we, point something million well, per we person. Well, we do have an estate tax, and, and uh, one of the benefits the new tax act did was it essentially said that somebody can leave up to $11.2 million tax-free to their heirs. And, of course, uh, somebody always could leave unlimited amount of money to their spouses, so long as their spouse is a U.S. citizen. That change did not apply to people who own property who are not residents and not citizens of the United States. Um, for a long time... Uh, the rule with respect to non-residents, non-citizens, was right. they could leave only $60,000 of property to their heirs tax-free. That's the way it used to be. It still <coughs> is. It still is. Okay. And they cannot leave property tax-free to their spouses unless it is left in something called a qualified domestic trust to ensure that the money remains here and the spouse doesn't repatriate it outside of the United States. So this to is all planned taxation. So foreigners, you know, can plan around this. Foreigners can plan around it, and a big part of our practice is, and a big part of the practice, I think, of real estate attorneys too, is to plan around it to ensure that the ownership of the property is not deemed to be a U.S. asset subject to the $60,000 limitation on inheritance. Because if there is U.S. property in the name of the decedent who's not a citizen and not a resident, the value of their property in excess of $60,000 is mm -hmm. going to be taxed at 40%. And That's that comes a as a very big surprise yeah. to the heirs of, of the decedent. 
Gotcha. And, you know, one of the other big issues that seems to come up a lot, at least in my world, as a real estate attorney with uh, foreign nationals and non-resident aliens is FERPTA. Oh, say excuse me, just FERPTA. Yeah, excuse me. FERPTA, <laughs> you know, which is uh, the Foreign Investment Real Property FERPTA, Tax yes. Act. Yeah, so... Um, but I also understand that, for the most part, that can be planned around. Well, what we usually do is that the property is owned in a pass-through entity which elects to be taxed as a C or regular corporation because U.S. regular corporations are not subject to FERPTA. Mm -hmm. So that uh, when that property is sold, there need not be any withholding on the property. Even if it's a 100% shareholder as a, as a foreign national? That's correct, wow. yes. So how does the, I mean, the purpose of FERPTA for those of our listeners who don't know, basically, if a, if a non-resident alien sells a, a domestic property with certain exceptions, a certain portion of it needs to be withheld for a tax return. That way, right. the IRS in the United States gets their share of the taxes. Right. But doesn't that, isn't that like a complete workaround? No, it's not, because it's a regular corporation that's a U.S. corporation that sold the property so it's going to have to file it's 1120 but what's, with the what's irs and if there is a capital gain it will report a capital gain and have to pay the capital gain FERPTA is only withholding it, it's not necessarily no of course of course that's tax. why you get a withholding certificate right. so what, what would stop that company from you know having it as its sole asset you know and then just you know dividending it or distributing it depending on the, the you know what i'm saying like it seems like that's a pretty easy workaround which is a good thing i mean sure. well it's it it it's not a legal workaround because their company is liable for the tax if somebody uh, who is a shareholder causes the assets of their company to be distributed outside the United States before there's payment of the tax. Yes, that's what I'm asking you about. Yeah, obviously that now now you're talking about you know criminal that's, so that's criminal tax liability. Fraud of some sort. That's tax fraud. Gotcha, gotcha. Exactly. So it's not really a go around. It's just a different mechanism. That's right. And what if the person already owns the non-resident alien already owns the property in their own name or in you know an LLC? What would what would you recommend for them then? Well, if they own the property in their own name, it is incumbent to get it out of their own name. And I, I, the general suggestion is to convey it to a an entity, whether oh, okay. it be a corporation or an LLC. And that entity should uh, elect to be taxed as a corporation and taxed as a regular corporation. Gotcha. And is there a look back with that if they do that? No. Just they can do it like immediately right before it They can do that immediately, yeah. So does FERPTA, me, ahead, so does FERPTA um, apply then uh, when on the conveyance from the foreign uh, person to the U.S. corporation? Does FERPTA apply? There's no gain on that conveyance because the value that is received of the shareholding interest is the same as the value that's given up in terms of... Um, the property that's going into the corporation. So Correct. FERPTA should not apply to that particular transaction. Well, that would be the actual tax itself, but uh, with FERPTA, it's a withholding. Um, so isn't that, um, wouldn't you have to withhold uh, the uh, value of the property at the time of the transfer? No, I don't think so. Okay. Interesting. I am a U.S. citizen, and if I move to Canada, thank you. God bless America. If I move to Canada, we have a lot of Canadian uh, listeners and snowbirds that are coming in now. And again, if I move to Canada and live and work there as a Canadian permanent resident, do I have to pay U.S. and Canadian taxes? 
Yes. As a U.S. resident, you have to, well, let, let me back up for a second. As a U.S. citizen, you have to report all your income earned worldwide. Now, to the extent that you've paid Canadian income taxes, you may be entitled to a foreign tax credit on your U.S. tax return so that you don't have to double pay tax with respect to income that you earned in Canada. But all the income is reportable, although you might not have to pay tax, U.S. tax, on all of it. How do they find out if you're abroad and you're, uh, let's say you have a Swiss account? make investments and you're making money on that, how can, how can they find that out? And if they do find it out, what are the penalties? Can you go to jail for that? There is a, a little question on a 1040 which asks, do you have any signatory authority over a foreign account? And you're supposed to answer yes. And if you recall, about a month ago, there was a major trial in Virginia uh, where the government was prosecuting a man by the name of Paul Mandefort and several of the oh. counts related to the fact that he failed to check that box on his 1040 and he was found guilty of right. failing to do that. If you check the box, then you have to, if the value of the account is more than $10,000, then you have to report the account with your tax return to the Internal Revenue Service, okay? And the, you're done. The service is, you know, content that you have now reported and come clean that you have signatory authority over a foreign account. If you fail to do that, that based on, you know, we saw that in the Manafort case, um, you have criminal liability for failing to report those accounts. Um, there were hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans over the years that had foreign accounts that did not report them. Right. And the Internal Revenue Service was very cognizant of that. Um, and they developed a program, which was a voluntary disclosure program, which essentially said, if you guys come clean and if you pay a penalty... Uh, which is a, uh, an amount approximately equal to half of the foreign, the value of the foreign account, um, we will not criminally prosecute you. Um, and many hundreds of thousands of people took advantage of that program. Um, that program ended in September of 2018. So oh, it just ended? It just ended. Yes. When was, how long was that going? It was going about five or six years. Was there another one back in like 02, 03, somewhere around then? There was, yes. Okay, I remember yes. that one. I was right. working for a t my first job, my first full-time job out of law school was for a tax attorney. Though I didn't, I didn't do tax, I did real estate. Um, and I remember he was just banking money because of that one. He was loving it. Because it was work you have to do in order to do it. So he was helping people become legal. Um, it was explained to me then that we're in a self-reporting system, and you get in a lot of trouble if you don't self-report appropriately. Um, what, do you think that there's any hope or any uh, um, benefit to going to a, a much more simplified tax system, like a, a flatter tax system that a lot of people like to talk about, or is that just a pipe dream? I mean, a flat 15 percent? It's 19 percent. Oh, 19 percent. Yes. Like a 19 percent tax with limited or no yeah. exemptions. 
Well, it, a lot it, of people talk about. It. I'm just curious for someone in the trenches if that even makes sense. It's not good for those of us in the trenches. <laughs> yes, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> there's always more work for for, for a good lawyer. Um, you know, I think what what people need to understand is that the tax code is more than a law which is designed to generate revenue. Okay. It is a law that is designed to effectuate public and social policy. So, for example... That frightens me. It, well, but it is. It is, okay. And, and for example, the federal government encourages home ownership. So, therefore, it gives homeowners a deduction for their mortgage. The federal government encourages charitable contributions. Therefore, it gives donors yeah. a, a deduction for their contributions. Um, and that's still in place. Though. That, that oh, yeah. one is still in place. So, uh, and, and th those are just two examples on the surface. But the, the Internal Revenue Code is replete with public policy decisions, uh, you know, whether it's tax credits, mm -hmm. whether it benefits for real estate uh, investors, whether benefits for um, uh, community redevelopment agencies. Mm -hmm. It's all in the Internal Revenue Code, and much of it is tax-driven. So to say that a flat tax is desirable, it, on the surface it is. To be able to file your tax return on a postcard and pay the tax, and you're done. But the likelihood of that happening in light of the fact there are tens of thousands of lobbyists and trade organizations oh, yeah, and all that in Washington yeah. to protect their their interests and their tax benefits is unlikely, I think. Um, how would our listeners get a hold of you if they wanted to speak to you directly about their tax issues? Um, well, or even estate planning. Or estate planning. Well, to avoid tax <laughs> issues. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, well, our website is rblawfl.com, uh, and I can be reached in our Fort Lauderdale office at 954-861-1426. What was that number? Nine five four eight six one one four two six. Till next time, write it down. I've yeah. got a pen in hand. <laughs> I'll give him a card. There you go. Even better, Jay. It was very, very educational. I really uh, enjoyed it a lot. I want to thank you very much, uh, and uh, thank Steve, our, our my co-host, who had a great FERPTA question, and Phil, as always. But most importantly, I want to thank our listeners. Be safe and be legal. You've been listening to the award-winning legal news and review. Recognized by the Florida Bar's Award of Excellence. To contact the legal panel hosts and guests, go to BeLegalBuzz.com. And to reach Gary Singer, board-certified real estate and syndicated columnist, appearing in 400 media outlets, including the front page of the Money section every Monday in the Sun Sentinel, from the law firm of Gary M. Singer, PA, call 954-851-1448. For legal news and review, remember, be legal.